Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the seventh inning stretch is upon us. Uh, once again, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Wells in, in uh, New York, and today we're going to discuss the AL West, continuing our theme and uh, our predictions for the American League before we jump into the National League here shortly. We're also going to be discussing the Adam uh, LaRoche fiasco in Chicago. Uh, I'm sure uh, we're going to talk about that uh, for a little while, and uh, we're also going to discuss a couple of Twitter questions that we may have gotten throughout the week. Justin, how are you, my man? I feel rather spry. I'm ready to do this. Yeah, man. Exciting times ahead, I think. Yeah, especially considering the fact that I get to pan three of the teams, well, two of the teams in this division and give one lukewarm praise and then basically talk about the other two that I actually like. Right on, man. Well, let's jump right in there, and I think we'll go from uh, top to bottom this week. Uh, so last year, the Rangers ended up winning the division. It was a close race towards the end. It looked like the Astros were kind of going to run away with it early on, and then they kind of just capitulated a little bit towards the end and ended up uh, with that wild card spot. So uh, the, the the Rangers last year, man, 88 wins. Um, what has you excited about the Rangers uh, this upcoming season? The A full season of Cole Hamels. And the potential and the return of you, Darvish. Yeah, you, Darvish is a pitcher that has a lot of potential, man. I think that's that's I think is their main piece, obviously, in the rotation, and he's proven to be you know quite unhittable for a large portion of his time in the majors so far. Um, I think if he can come back healthy, I think that you're right. That's that's going to be a key contributor and probably one of the key pieces to watch uh, in this Ranger side. Um, but what about your overall thoughts on this club, man? I think this is a super, super talented team uh, in in a lot of spots. I think that the one place that you're always going to be hurting, especially in that park, and also considering how humid it is in Dallas in the summer, is going to be pitching. A lot of runs are going to be scored there. But they allay that by the fact that their lineup is really good. Adrian Beltre, Hall of Fame third. He's a Hall of Famer at third. Still can hit. Absolutely. Prince Fielder. Still can hit. Jerickson, Profar, Runet Odor, two huge talents. Profar finally looks like he might be ready to play in a, ma- a major league season. Delano DeShields Jr., great speed threat. Shinsu Chu, 
not as done as we thought he was. Elvis Andrews, not a terrible shortstop. Signed Ian Desmond. Have Joey Gallo, who can hit a baseball 9,000 feet. This is a team with a lot of firepower. No, I tend to agree, man. They're going to definitely hit the ball, and they're going to hit the ball hard. Um, even Justin Ruggiano is a player they picked up. He, he ended up the, the last season with the Dodgers, and he had a pretty impressive spell with us. He's been kind of a journeyman, but last year he, he proved uh, to be pretty efficient in that lineup, and then he got himself a pretty lucrative deal here with Texas. So hopefully, you know, he can play his role. But like you said, man, it's mainly going to be up to pitching. It's, it's like Colorado of the American League is how I usually um, – to feel or think about what I think about the ballpark in Arlington. Is that, is it, do you have that same sentiment, man? Oh, with, without a doubt. I mean, it's just, it's a launching bed. Oh yeah. And, and if I can ask you something about, uh, you know, a player that did that, my, is obviously over the hill, but Josh Hamilton, how much do you think he has left in the tank? Um, how big a role do you think he plays in this team with this upcoming season, man? Anything they get from him that's over 90 games is gravy. If he could, if, and I'm talking about 90 games as a DH, not 90 games as an outfielder. He's just, he can't stay healthy anymore. His body's falling apart. Josh Hamilton, because of his early career, his early career, or should we say the dalliances and troubles of his early twenties is a player who had a really short prime. It was epic. He was amazing. But I think that the abuse that he put onto his body alongside just aging took him out just as fast as he came on. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're spot on there. All, all all those factors contributed to his career ultimately leaving something to be desired, I think. And, you know, like you said, he was exceptional for that, you know, three-year run, but his body just has, doesn't have it anymore, and he's completely given up on him. So where's your main um, focus or, or your main area of weakness for this club, brother? Bullpen. <laughs> that's, that's, that seems to be an ongoing theme with this Texas Rangers side. Who's gonna Who's gonna stop other teams from scoring runs late in the games? Like I like the fact that they've made some deals or, or picked up some arms, but they're all inexperienced young arms. Now, look, granted, they're all power arms, but everybody in baseball can hit a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball if it's straight. No, that's that that's spot on. Everybody can hit a fastball. Everybody can adjust and stuff like that. So it's just one of those things. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you. That's a, an area of weakness. And then I think their catcher position, they don't really have a catcher. Robinson, Chirinos, and, and Chris Jimenez are the only two catchers on the roster. Neither of them experienced. Neither of them have really proven anything at a major league level. So it's something, you know, and they're not exactly young, talented, up-and-coming players either. Um both of which are older than me, and I'm they're both already, over the thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm already, and I'm twenty nine, going to be thirty. So, you know, that's going to be a big area of concern, especially handling the staff and the bullpens and experience as well. So it's just, you know, it can be really good because of the lineup. They can score a lot of runs and they can really make a big impact. But, uh, you know, can they stop anybody? And 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 can the the battery of the catchers and the pitchers really work out in the long run? I think is going to be my main concern. You know, I actually just got depressed looking at this roster, too. I'm older than everybody except for, like, three of these guys. Oh, that's why I stopped looking in that uh, DOB column. I just stopped. I just stopped, man. It's just depressing. Yeah, and jo- every year it gets worse. Josh Josh Hamilton, Adrian Beltre, and uh, Kobe Lewis are the only guys on this roster older than me. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's <laughs> life. That's how it is, man. Yeah. I, I, I was I was lamenting when I get to that point where I fi- where I finally was annoyed about all these athletes being younger than me, and <laughs> it's here. Yeah, I know, I know. You always rue the day, and it's finally come, my man. So, how many wins do you think you got for these guys, man? You think they're over the eighty-eight mark like last year? I got a ninety. 
I still I think there's just way too much firepower in this offense, and I think ninety is going to take this division. Yeah, I, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I think that the, my favorites in the division, even with their lack of pitching and, and 90 wins, I, I had them at, at 88, same as last year. I think they're going to be very similar to that. They're just going to beat up on that division. That division is going to be weak for the most part. Um, so I think they're really going to uh, have enough in the tank to, to take this division. So I think we're in agreement there, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Let's Let's go to the Astros. All right, my man. Uh, the Astros, you know, they're a young bunch. They're exciting. They, Dallas, they, you know, they, they got the Cy Young Award winner. They got Carlos Correa. They got a lot of pieces. Altuve, you know, um, but, but we've seen them last year. They can stay hot and get hot, but do they have enough experience? I think last year is going to benefit them in the experience column. You know, they, they made a, a good run and they didn't, they weren't able to seize and capitalize and then, you know, take it all the way for the division, but they did make the playoffs and that's good experience for them. I expect the Astros to have a very similar year to last year and, and, and contend for those wildcard spots, but I do feel them falling short of the Rangers, man. What are your thoughts on the Astros? I like the team. I mean, I like the fact that also one of the things you can nail down with this team is, you know, you've got Keiko McCullers, McHugh, Fister, and um, what else do I think? Oh, Mike Fears. That's that's a five-man rotation that will win a lot of games. It's a solid five-man rotation. The bullpen is what it was last year. I think they the one thing they did do, they added a closer in Gregerson. So I like the fact that they've actually gone with the uh, – yeah. Well, no, actually, I'm sorry. They're using Ken Giles as their closer. Gregerson and Sip to set up. So I like the fact that they have some solid arms out of the pen. Um, what I don't like is the large portions of this lineup are going to be really, really streaky. Like, you know, Altuve and Correa are going to be great. That's the best two, three hitter combination you're probably going to find anywhere. George Springer is a really good hitter, but then there's a lot of guys who are just incredibly streaky. Yeah, I mean Carlos Gomez, one of those. Evan Gaddis, another. Jason Castro's another. So yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. And and the, the Kobe Rasmus is another player who who it seems like every other year has a good year, but then he really has a poor year. And it's just you know they really have to bank on these players. And I guess that's the gamble you have to take when you're going the youth approach and and not trying to spend a tons and tons of money. I mean they're competitive club and and hats off to them. But I I, I tend to agree that uh their weakness is going to be consistency. It's going to be hard for this team to do it night in and night out, series in and series out, and, and, and you know, get the best of, of of and win series consistently. I do think it's going to be tough. I think they're going to be good enough to do it with their pitching staff, like you said, even their bullpen's coming around nicely, but it is going to be a little tough, I think. Yeah, I kind of just wished also that, you know, they had eliminated the Royals in last year's playoffs. <laughs> I bet you do, my man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it would have saved me a lot of heartache. I think the Mets would have taken any of those teams, any 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 of the other teams in the postseason. I agree with you, man. I think the National yeah. League was going to be the stronger le- league outside of uh, outside the of Kansas the, the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, for sure. I, I am going to keep crying over spilt milk. I, I really just feel like it. Oh, I expect this to to continue throughout the season. Yes, for sure. Yeah, my player to watch is going to be Correa. I mean, who else on this team do you need to watch? The idea is how quickly is he going to insert himself into the MVP conversation? Yeah, I think 
I mean, it's hard to argue with that. That's good. That's the obvious in this team. Carlos Correa, he's a star and, and just a young A-Rod again, man. He's phenomenal. I think my player to watch though is Carlos Gomez. How much can he give this team? Um, can he be the hot Carlos Gomez that we saw with the power numbers and everything that we saw a few years ago in Milwaukee before they made this deal? Or is he going to be, you know, a shell of what, of himself and kind of fall off like we saw a little bit last year and, and continue in that trend? So I think Carlos Gomez is really the player that I'm most interested in seeing how he makes an impact on this team. Uh, under a full, full season, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's also, he's coming off of a bad hip injury. You have to wonder what that can do to a guy whose game is largely reliant on speed and power, especially his power numbers. Once the hip went last year, they were awful. He wasn't very good once he was traded to Houston. No, exactly. I was actually, yeah, dodged a bullet there as a Mets fan. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted him be for the simple fact that he's not, he's not consistent, man. It's hard to, it's hard to, you know, bank on a player that's not consistent. I mean, you guys gambled with the Oenis. He's, he, and he proved to pay off, but even that I thought was a little bit of a gamble. Oh, yeah. But let's, 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 uh, I, I could, I could go off on a tangent there. And I think, you know, everybody yeah. knows my feelings <laughs> on this. All right. Uh, here, here's a question for you Jason Castro, over under 200 strikeouts. It's going to be really close to that. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I'm going to hope that he shorted his swing a little bit and he could, uh, I don't know, put the ball, I mean, the bat on the ball a little bit more this year. So I'm going to go under for benefit of, uh, you know, the fraternity of catchers. I'm going to stick behind him. Yeah. Same thing with Luis Belvoir. I mean, this team has some free swingers. Luis Belvoir is a free swinger. I also wonder, is this finally the year in which John Singleton is finally going to get uh, his shot and try to bust out? Because he's been a pretty hyped prospect for a bit now and the returns are not good. I think got not good would be the term I use there. Yeah. I think this is going to be definitely the year. Um, it's going to be make or break for him probably in this organization. If not, the, I think, you know, patience is probably wearing a little thin. Like you said, he's had this label and he's been a hot prospect for quite some time, but it's just not paid off, you know, as of yet, hopefully this could be the year for him. So how many wins do you have, bro? 88. Oh, 88. I have them at 86. I have them same as last year. Like I said, I expect this division to be very consistent at the top. The bottom three, though, which we're about to get into, are all crap. So uh, let's go with the Angels. We'll move forward. The Angels are... Uh, th- I think the Angels are distinctly less crap than the two teams that we're going to talk about after them. Okay. All right. Explain to me why, man. Why you think so? Oh, I just think that there's more talent there. Plus, I think that Mike Trout is enough to keep you from being... You know, just like putridly, putridly god awful. But do you think this team can pitch? I mean, CJ Wilson, how much does he oh, have in no. the tank? Jared Weaver isn't anything. I mean, looking at this rotation and, and all of it, I, I'm not seeing anything that really, you know, strikes fear into anybody's hearts here, man. You know, Scad. Richards is a nice pitcher. Houston Street at the back end of the bullpen doesn't throw hard either. It's like they have no hard throwers. Yeah, you know what? Garrett Richards is a nice pitcher. Uh, Andrew Heaney is a decent prospect. Once again, both of them once are soft tossers, but this this isn't a team that's built to win now. They're a team that would have been built to win in like 1983. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast from the past for sure. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, but there's some solid players still in this team. Uh, to start with, Pujols had a really good year last year. Trout is best player in baseball. You know, Escobar had a really solid year for Washington last year. 
Uh, Andrelton Simmons' defense is good enough to win you five games, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Andrelton Simmons is a key addition to this team. But outside of that, Albert Pujols, I don't expect him to have the year that he had last year. Um, you know, consistency, obviously, uh, Mike Trout is that. He's the epitome of that, and he's going to do his thing. But nobody's, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's going to do his thing. But outside of that, Daniel Nava is is. is Contending for a starting spot, we've seen him suffer and struggle in the past season, especially recently. Cole Calhoun's a good player, but yeah, he's—I wouldn't say he's good. I just don't think he's terrible. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I think we're in the same boat there. I think good was a stretch, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the middle of in the middle of your line in the middle of the lineup, you're going to pick up you're going to pick up RBIs in any lineup. Yeah, for sure. And then the catcher position is weak as well. I mean, Giovanni Soto seems to be the star- starter here, and we all know are familiar by now with G- what Giovanni Soto can do, and that's not much. Yeah, and you're not, you don't like uh, guys who don't play very good defense and hit 175? Mm, it's not so much my thing, no. No, no, it's not mine either. But, I mean, who, 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 who's your player to watch on this team? Oh, I just want to see how Anderson Simmons fits in. I want to see how he adapts. I want to see how, how he takes command of this. And other than that, Ueno Escobar. That left side of that, uh, of that infield is what I want to watch. It's, it's, it's revamped. It's, it's something new for them. And, and uh, you know, they really need to provide a lot for this team to contend in this division. Yeah, I'm going to go with Andrew Heaney. I want to see, he, he really struggled. He was the third rated prospect in baseball at the time at which, um, who was called up ahead of him? Two years ago, he was the third rated prospect in baseball. And since then, he hasn't, he, he hasn't done much. He got, he got regularly shelled. Yeah, he got traded to the Dodgers from the Marlins uh, as part of that uh, D Gordon trade, and then we just shipped him right out to uh, to the Angels. Not even dressed for us in that one night; it was just immediately gone. Kind of like a a little bit like the Piazza thing in the Marlins. Really brief. Hey, on on the bright side, if you get traded to the Dodgers and that sent and then sent to the Angels, at least the car ride from stadium to stadium is only like. 45 minutes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sometimes, or in LA traffic. Some, yeah, six sometimes, years. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. That was what I was going to say about three hours if you pick the wrong day. Yeah, he, you get traded to Anaheim. You have to make the drive. And by the time you get there, your career is over. <laughs> yeah, man. So the Angels, man, 85 wins, surprised everybody. One game behind the Astros last year, really competed. I think uh, probably punched above their weight last year. But well, how many wins do you have the Angels having this year? I can see him in any place between 77 and 80, so I'll just split the difference and go to 78. Fair enough, man. I have them at no better than 75 wins. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're good, but I think that they're going to get some cheap wins against the two teams below them. Oh, because they're just a fucking heaping pile of garbage, those two teams. Let's jump right which in. Heaping, which heaping pile of garbage you want to talk about? Seattle, more? man. Seattle. I mean... Okay, they, they are the less garbage of the two. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to go in order here, for sure. Let's go to Seattle. I mean, their one-two punch of uh, King Felix and Hisashi Iwakuma is a solid one-two punch. Beyond that, it's not a good pitching staff. I don't know, man. Taewon Walker, I think if he can get it together and, and be healthy, I think he, he, he's got some talent. You don't think he does. So? He has talent, but I, I, I've yet to see him put it together. That's a fair point. I mean, th- 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 yeah, this is going to be a big year for him, for sure. There is one pitcher who's going to be on this rotation who's going to be really thrilled. It's Wade Miley, just because he's no longer pitching in Fenway, which destroyed him. Yeah, he was a solid pitcher before that move to Boston, and it just kind of just fell apart for him there. Just fell off the rails at Fenway. Yeah, 
it it wasn't it wasn't good. The Nathan Carnes trade was an interesting one though, because Carnes is a reasonably solid pitcher. He pitched well for Tampa in Tampa Bay at least. I just don't know that he, you know he's well. You know he's going to be deep enough in their rotation where they don't need much from him. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I think uh, as long as he can be consistent, I think that that's all they can really ask for out of him. And I think that's what they can really ask for out of the back end of that staff is uh, or this back end of that rotation is just consistency. Just give me some innings, eat some innings, and, and I think they could be content with that. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing is they, by nature of the park they play in, will keep other teams off the board. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about this roster, though, man. I mean, they did spend some money a few years ago. The, the, you know, Kyle Seeger got paid. Um, Robinson Cano got paid. You know, Nelson Cruz got paid. They, they have players like Aoki. Franklin Gutierrez is a player that's had some time. Seth Smith has been okay in his time in San Diego at times. And, uh, you know, Mike Zanino was a hotly touted prospect coming out of Florida when he came up as a catcher. So Yeah, but, but Zanino can't hit for any sort of average. Yeah. He's a one twenty. He's a one ninety hitter, which is amazing because he was hitting near four hundred in college. Man, it's ridiculous. Yeah, some some people just can't handle that difference between major league pitching and college pitching. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But what are your thoughts on the roster on this offense, man? There's, I don't get how they are just so bad at scoring runs. Like it seems like there is more talent here than it puts itself together. Uh, you know, Jesus Montero is a talented hitter. Robinson Cano is an extremely talented hitter. I mean, they, I know that Adam Lind is new to the team, so I can't hold him responsible for last year, but he's a talented hitter. Nelson Cruz can hit for power anywhere. Like, there's enough here as to where they can get scrape out some runs. Yet last year, they couldn't score at all. This is a this was an awful team. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say it was an awful team to watch because I do like low-scoring games because they happen quicker. This team was great to watch if you wanted to watch a game that took two hours. Yeah, no, for sure. They would just speed right on through. And, and your thoughts on that, man? Do you think it's it's solely down on the players? Do you think it's a management issue, a clubhouse issue, the environment in Seattle? What do you what do you attest? You know, their poor showing. Wouldn't their roster, like you said, is more? You know, is not as depleted as their record shows. I would say. I think it's trying to build a roster full of power hitters in a park that doesn't reward power. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a I good think, way to look at. I it. think. I think like having a guy like Cano is good because he's going to put the ball into the gaps, square him up, and even if his home run totals drop from like the, the thirty he was hitting a year at Yankee Stadium, which is especially for a left-handed hitter, a cheap home run, yeah. and you put him into Seattle, which is you know colder, there's no humidity, and much deeper. You know you're going to see guys just try to. I would rather have gap hitters. That, that that's a good. I mean, maybe maybe you should be the GM of the of the Seattle Mariners. It looks like you put a lot of thought into this, man. Well, I mean, apparently Zach uh, Zadrunic didn't, and that's why he got canned. Yeah, that's that's very true, my man. So, who's your player to watch here, man? Hey, it's just Montero. I want to see if he can put it together. I would have said the El- I would have said King Felix, but it's too obvious. He is my he is one of my favorite pitchers ever to watch, though. He's King, King Felix is like the closest thing to Doc Goodman that, is, that there is in uh, the current game. Oh, fair enough, man. I can't argue with that. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, King Felix for sure. I think my player to watch is Kyle Seager. Um, I, I, he's brought it together in the last couple of years. He's really proven to be a consistent player and a key player for them. He's a player I like to watch. Uh, his brother plays for the Dodgers now. and it, You know, so the family ties, it's good to watch them both. And, it, and it's really... 
interesting to see uh, Kyle Seeger succeed because I didn't I, I expected him to really uh, to fizzle out and then he just has really kept it going. So uh, he's really proved me wrong, I think, in the long run. Yeah, he's really not terrible. No, he's not. I really did think it was going to be a one, two season kind of guy, and he's just really kept it going. And good on him, man. Definitely. Yeah. the uh, The other thing that I find interesting about this team is going to is going to be how many home runs is Nelson Cruz going to hit this year, and how many solo homers is he going to hit this year? Well, the answer is always the majority will be solo. But yeah. uh, I don't know, man. The guy's always capable of hitting forty, no matter where he's at. Yeah, he's got such unbelievable power, and it leads me to believe that. Either Biogenesis was an overblown scandal, or Nelson Cruz is the best at blood doping ever. He's a freak, man. He's a freak. So, how many wins you got for yep. these uh, for these Mariners, dude? Seventy-two. I got a seventy-two wins. Uh, I, I have them at seventy wins, bro. Yeah, seventy-two. I mean, yeah, so we're two wins off. Yeah, I just think they're really crap, and 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 and. and it's, Speaking of crap, they're not even the worst team on this division, so that's going to be fucking surprising as shit because they're really terrible. But not as bad as the uh, the Oakland A's. Oakland A's have been bad for a little while. Um, what are your thoughts on the A's, man? Do you ever think the A's can uh, bring it back to how good they were in the 80s? I don't see this team in the current way that they're built and the way that their franchise is run and operated competing uh, in, this, in the near future, at least. This is a steaming pile of dog shit. Yes. Analysis. That's basically ha- hashtag, what I think. Hashtag analysis, everyone. Yeah, that's what I think about this team. It's Sonny Gray and a bunch of guys who, I don't know, are really questionable major leaguers. Yeah, I think. Like, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at this roster, and I'm just trying to see who I actually even think is a guy who would start for any other major league team. There aren't very many. No, maybe Dubrat. That might be it. Dubron, I could see as a fifth starter someplace. That's it, though. Maybe, maybe Steven Vogt could start at catcher for some team. Oh, 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 God. Yeah, this maybe is bad. Josh Reddick could play in a corner outfield for some team. He just strikes out so much, though, man. Like, I know everybody strikes out, but Jesus Christ, this roster. Billy Butler, how much can Billy Butler honestly have left in the tank? Jed Lowry, the same. Yonder Alonso cut, you know, got cut ties with the Padres. He wasn't good there. Oh man, this this is they're gonna struggle. They're gonna struggle to get like sixty wins. Marcus Simeon is, is is I think the only guy on this team that I think has real a good innate baseball talent. Jed, by the way, Jed Lowry is like the retread of all retreads. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. You know, he just gets recycled back and forth, back yep. and forth. But, I mean, I, I don't know what this team has to look forward to. I feel bad for I feel bad for their fans because they'll be out of it by May 1st. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for sure. I mean, when their best player, like you said, their most talented player seems to be with the most upside is Simeon. And then, you know, last year he only hit 257, so we know he's he's not exactly going to carry this team offensively. It's it's one of those things where scoring runs is going to be tough, especially in that cavernous ballpark, and then it's just going to be ugly, man. Yeah, what's your what's your uh, your your player to watch or hope for or anything? Because this this is pretty hopeless looking. <sighs> I'm gonna say my player to watch is uh is just gonna be 
you know, yonder Alonzo and see if he can do anything. I, I really want to see if he can do anything. When he came out of the University of Miami, he was good. He, he was a player that you thought maybe he could be a big leaguer, everyday player, and then and hit a consistent 280, 290. And he's really fallen short of that and then really been, uh, you know, lackluster, whether it was with the Padres, whether it was with the Reds. He's really, I think he's really not lived up to what I expected out of him. How about you, man? Simeon? I'm going to go with uh, Sonny Gray. Yeah, he's good to watch. He's he's a great pitcher. It's just that, that's the only bright spot on this team. And if I'm the A's, I trade him to get talent into there you the go. system I to a gonna, contender. That was going to be my that's, next only, that's the only way it comes back. Yeah. The only way that's that's the only move this team has. Yeah, that was going to be my next question: is how long, how much longer can they really keep uh, Sunny Gray here? Yeah, no, I, I mean they're not going to pay him anyway. This team never pays anyone. That is the issue, and that's why you know they're constantly rebuilding. So, how many wins do you have them at, man? They had sixty-eight last year. I'm about, I'm going to assume less than that. Sixty-five. Oh man, yeah. No, I got them at sixty-three wins, brother. This is an awful, awful baseball team. It is, and it's going to be it's going to be in contention for the worst team in the league. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's between them and Atlanta for the worst team in Major League Baseball coming up this year. <laughs> the Rockies are going to be pretty bad, man. The Rockies are going to be very bad. So, I mean, we'll get to that probably starting next week. But, yeah, the National League has some ugly ugly teams, too. Yeah, I will say this much about one player on this roster. Sean Doolittle is a relief pitcher for, for, the, uh, for the A's. He did one of the cooler things in the postseason, which is he – in the offseason, which is for Thanksgiving, instead of spending it with his family, he actually went out and bought Thanksgiving dinner – and ser- and catered it and served it and uh, had Thanksgiving dinner with 17 Syrian refugees. So that you know, the, at the very least, they do have one solid humanitarian on the team, and he's a guy who definitely, uh, in, at least in my estimation, deserves a lot of admiration and respect. Absolutely, that that's a story I didn't know, and I, I hadn't heard that, and that's uh, that that's great to know. That 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 just shows you know some of these things don't come out in 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 the public, and a lot of people don't know about them. But there is a lot of good, and and. Kudos to him. Absolutely. Hats off to him. You're listening to the Anfield Index Podcast Channel. The Anfield Index Podcast Channel. Uh, but let's move on from predictions, man. The biggest story recently in MLB is uh, the Adam LaRoche saga in Chicago. Seemingly, he retired because they told him he can't bring his son into the uh, clubhouse anymore. Uh, what are your thoughts on the LaRoche situation, man, before I give my two cents here? I have, like, multiple different conflicting feelings about it. The first of which is... If in any other occupation, and I know that people always say this, and it's like, oh, but you can't compare professional sports to other occupations. My first question is going to be, why the fuck not? Because here, here. of the fact, it's still just a job to a lot of these guys. In any other in any other occupation, you can't bring your kid to work nope. with you every day. And why would you want to? And you definitely can't bring your teenage son. It's not like we're talking about a six-year-old. We're talking about a teenager. Like He's homeschooling his kid just so his kid can come with him on the road. That's not the no, reason for homeschooling. Dude. I mean, the kid's got his own locker. Um, I guess, you know, Chris Sale made a stink about it. What are your thoughts on Chris Sale, man? Dude, sometimes you just got to shut the fuck up and not comment. Yeah, I, I <laughs> That's what I, I have to think about, that. Chris I mean, Sale. my thing here is, bro, like, 
in some of the statements he was making, like saying that the kid was a leader, how is this 14-year-old leading anybody, first off? Secondly, how many of these grown men are comfortable, you know, getting changed, being naked comfortably, doing the things that you do in a clubhouse, speaking freely? There's a 14-year-old kid here, man. I mean, you can like Adam LaRoche all you want. Nobody wants to babysit your child all the time. Yeah, I mean, how many games yeah, did that team win last year? None of them year? were because of Adam LaRoche. <laughs> None of them, as, as fewer saying, of them were because like, of his son. And, and for Chris Sale to say that the whole team and everybody is upset about this is bullshit. I guarantee you, privately, the majority of these guys are like, thank God this kid's out of here, man. Like, nobody wants to be doing this. Who who wants to take their kids to, to work every day? The kid's taking drills, for God's sakes. That's not even safe. Yeah. And on top of this, too, I also want to bring up the fact that there's an incredible double standard that exists in this. Let's just say for a second that Adam LaRoche did not have a son and he had a daughter. Nobody, not even the people in the White Sox clubhouse, would view that as acceptable to bring your daughter to the. So it's like there's also you're dealing with the fact that there's probably this element of a manufactured sexism thing because of the fact it's like, oh, it's his son. His son, you know, boys will be boys. Boys can be in the clubhouse. I mean, just have a policy where it's. You can have your kid in the clubhouse, and I read multiple teams had have this type of policy. You can have your kid in the clubhouse until an hour before the game, or right because you know what? That's when it comes comes time to prepare for the game that you're about to play. And then most teams don't let, and then most teams don't let kids back in in the clubhouse until after the team has basically cooled off from the and game that, that seems they played. Pretty reasonable rules, man. I mean, and, and on top of this, this is just poor parenting, man. Like, for him to even say that he can learn more in the clubhouse than at school is is fucking ridiculous, bro. Like, not everybody, this kid might not even end up being a major leaguer. Like, what is he learning? What what, what type of responsibilities is this? Not having a normal life, not being pampered to all the time by big leaguers? Like, I don't understand, dude. Like, maybe there's just a disconnect for me, but I really don't understand it. I don't understand how at all this is just even blown up to this bigger proportion where people are even considering being like, you know what? Adam LaRoche is right. He is not right. It's not right, bro. In any other walk of life, it's not right. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about what you could possibly learn in a major league clubhouse too. And let, let's let's just spend a minute like just trying to figure this out. Um, first things first, I guess you'd probably get really really good at video games. Mm-hmm. There's a, a professional baseball players. Uh, every professional athlete just plays video games in their downtime. Yeah, ping pong. You'd be good at ping pong. Ping pong. Um, you'd probably become great at making a sandwich from the pregame sandwich spread. Oh, yeah, taping a bat. You could probably tape a bat, all right? Tape a bat. Um, probably would become excellent at chewing tobacco way before his time. That's <laughs> a great <laughs> habit you can learn from baseball players. Way before his time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, oh, um, womanizing. Oh, God, yeah. Those are, the, those are the, the, the fundamental, you know, things you want to be teaching people at that, especially at that age. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, baseball clubhouses are... Are the refuge of grown-up children, not a place where you should have a, a, a developing child. No, I agree one hundred percent, man. I think it's a lot of a lot to do about nothing, and I think Adam Laroche, goodbye. The team's not going to miss you. The league's not going to miss you. Like this is just ridiculous that this is the way you went out, and then I don't know, I don't know, man. It's just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it's just so stupid. 
Like it's the dumbest story. And I've to heard try in a long to time. say that the White Sox broke their word or whatever, dude, he's the fucking he's they're your employer paying you handsomely. Everyone gets paid handsomely. Yes, they suffer because these players are away from their families all the time. All of them are, but you get paid handsomely because of it. I don't oh, and it. by the way, your and your career is shorter, right? If you're a major league baseball player like Adam LaRoche, who's had a long career, you're going to end up in major league baseball for I don't know ten years. How much money are you going to make over that time? Millions and millions of dollars. Guess what you get to do after you're done with that time? Not work and spend time with your family. Yeah, man. Left That's le- the benefit of being a major league baseball player. Left more than ten mil on the table. On the table, yeah. just because. Well, fuck it. I can't bring my kid. We're all leaving. Stupid. How do you? Yeah. How does your wife let you come home after that? Yeah. How does your wife let your kid go with you on the road? Thank you. Thank you. This is just, it's this it's deeper than just you know the surface here. This is just poor parenting. On, on, on yeah. you know in my uh, in my perspective. Now I have a question that I haven't heard this angle at all because I understand the fact that they're homeschooling his their son. But my question: Do they have deeply held religious beliefs? Well, from, like, what I, I, from what I hear is, yeah, he's, he's, you know, a Christian dude and then whatever. I, I've heard this brought up by other, like, in interviews that, you know, he's showing his values and this and that. You're not. You're just being a stubborn prick and, and pouting because they're not fucking letting you have your way. That's what the fuck you're doing. And you're teaching your son now that when they tell him that he can't do what he wants to do, walk away. Yep, that's a pretty bad life lesson. That's it. Yeah, and he's your son's not going to be a millionaire like you, LaRoche. He's probably not. The chances of him becoming a major leaguer are slim. Probably greater for him than most, but slim nonetheless. So I think there's more important lessons that should be taught and outside of this the White Sox clubhouse. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody else gets to go with their parents to work, like, I guess, one day. Bring your son or water, daughter to work day. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's about it. All right, so now coming on to the next thing that was brought up to us, we had a Twitter question from Gulino, uh, Ali, on uh, whether or not he believes that, whether or not we'd trade Edwin Encarnacion and Joey Bautista, or would you just let the Blue Jays mash with a murderer's row type of scenario? Now, I think it's a good question, especially for Bautista, because you know, last year of his deal, and he wants a long-term deal from the, from the Jays that he's just not going to get. Um, would you trade either of these guys? Um, no. I think that these two guys are probably the heartbeat of that organization right now. Um, both of them were journeymen before they got to Toronto and really blew up there and blew up together, and it was nice to see. I think Joey Batts, yeah, he wants a long-term deal, but I do think that he'll be able to compromise with the Blue Jays because I think uh, that's that's the perfect fit for both of them. Uh, he hasn't had that type of success success elsewhere, and you know, who knows how long he has left in his career? Does he really want to move his family? Does he really want to do all these things? There's going to be a lot of questions. So, I mean, Yoannis, I know we talk about him a lot, but he also wanted a really long-term deal. He settled. Things can happen. Um, the market is fluid, I think. And, and if he wants to stay there, he'll stay there. I wouldn't trade them, though. I think they're building something nice, and a lot of that has to do with that lineup and their ability to score runs. Um, they don't have enough pitching to get rid of them, and even if they trade them for some pitching, then you're going to be shorting your offense. So I think the best thing to do is probably try to develop some arms or trade some fringe players or players that aren't those two to get um, – some some better some you know at least middle of the rotation two three starters you know what I mean they don't have to be aces but a, a good number two a good number three and some bullpen arms I think they can do it but not not at the expense of those two what do you think bro 
I, I'm I'm torn on what I would do with this one just because of the fact that last year before um, Alex Anthropopoulos was fired by Mark Shapiro, who came in to take over the team, uh, he traded away the entire farm system. And he's traded away the entire farm system over the last few years. I think this is a team that needs to do something to get an injection of youth because once this window runs out, and this window is not exactly that they have especially big, considering the fact that Joey Batista's 35, which I don't know why he would think that anybody's going to give a 35-year-old a long-term deal. But Batista's 35. I think Encarnacion is 34. Tulowitzki's north of 30. Uh, Donaldson is the only one of these guys who's, you know, still, I think he's below 30, but I think he's approaching 30 Donaldson. There, there, it's a limited window with all these guys in the team and they need a youth injection. So I would consider trading one of the two of them just to bring some youth into the organization. If I was taking a long view that said, I think any player you're going to try to get for Encarnacion or Bautista probably isn't going to be a player who's going to help you this year. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I agree. I mean, th- th- you can trade them for all the prospects that you want, but th- like you said, this window is, is narrow and it's very small. And we've seen, you know, teams miss their window. The, the Tigers did that. Um, so it- it's one of those things where they really have to nail it. And then this is the best bet. They just got to muscle their way through and, and score more runs. That's got to be their philosophy because that's what their strength is. We saw it last year. And if they can all stay hot, I mean, that lineup is, is ridiculous. It is, but you also have to look then though at the what happens when you don't when, when it all works when it all ends and you, if you don't win, you're looking at like what you know the Phillies from 2008 through 2000 or you know 2007 through 2000 the 2011 season, you know a force. But once that all ends and, and those guys all get to a point where they're too old to be productive, it, it's it's it doesn't gently and gradually fade away it, it falls off a cliff yeah you're right man it does get ugly under that in that perspective i can definitely understand that you know you might need to get rid of a piece um i just think maybe another year i'm not ready to just give up on it yet and maybe that's just me but i i'd stick with it maybe another year two might be a stretch but definitely i'd give it this season yeah i will say i'm really glad that uh they, they traded away Ari Dickey for darno and Cindergard. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't blame uh, you. That's yeah. a that's a fle- that's a fleecing. <laughs> I'll say so. And those two barely starting their careers too bad. They're gonna they're gonna have a long one, and hopefully for you in those in those Mets colors, man. Yeah, but uh, I I still I still don't quite get the other thing. Another thing I don't quite get about the Jays is also going to be just you know why not work out something with Bautista before the season. He's been with you for a long time and you don't need a contentious contract scenario hanging over you with your franchise player. That's a very, very, very good point. And, um, like I said, I think they'll finally come to this a, a, a conclusion and, and a good middle ground. But uh, yeah, it should have never got to this. I definitely agree with that. Uh, a player like that who means that much to that team, that franchise, and more so than just on the field, I think it is important to to lock them up and, and take care of them. Absolutely. I mean, he's been the heart and soul of the organization for the past seven years. Yeah, those guys deserve to be rewarded, man. So you got anything else for me, my man? No, I got nothing else. Uh, we're back next week with the A-L-E. NL East. Yeah, NL East. So, yeah, the NL East, the National League. Nas- old into, the, into this, 
the senior circuit. Yeah, we get to talk about your Mets, your hated Braves, those shitty Nats, and everything else. I'm sure you're happy oh, I, about it. I dislike all four of those teams. Yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward to it, bud. Yeah. I, I, I do have a little bit of pity for the Phillies this season, but uh, yeah, pity short-lived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect you to have pity on them for much for for for, for very long. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's not going to be for very long. But uh, I think that's it for us this week. Uh, thank thanks for tuning in, and as always, uh, we'll let you guys know when we're recording next week. Get us uh, any questions you might have, anything you want to hear us talk about, and uh, as always from us, have a good one. Bye, guys. Thanks again. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.